This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey, Grant, Danny, it's your boy, Santana Moss. Want to send y'all boys a special congrats, man. <laughs> Ten years. Wow. Amazing, man. Keep doing good work. Much love. G&D, this is T. R-E. S-S, this is Tressway. Fellas, congratulations on 10 years, man. Thank you guys for making me feel so welcome ever since I first showed up here. Here's the 10 more, boys. Cheers. The best player on the commander. That's Tressler's music. Wishing your pals a happy anniversary. And one of the great Redskins to ever do it. Santana Moss. Two touchdowns against Dallas Mm-mm-mm. to beat the Cowboys at a time where beating the Cowboys was would have been a good thing. Yes. Thank Week you. Two good distinction. Of a season. Now, if Tana was taking on the Cowboys, because he's the ultimate cowboy killer. That is correct. I might tell him, hey man, why don't you go? Is your hamstring barking a little bit? Hang on out over there. Take a rest. We don't need seven for 111 and a touchdown tonight. I need that number two pick, Santana. Uh, Thank you, both of you. That's very, very cool. And uh, to our crew behind the scenes who have put this together and surprised us today as we celebrate 10 years as a show officially tomorrow. Uh, What are you doing for the big anniversary? Putting your feet up on a Saturday? No, I I wish my feet is up. It is not. Uh, Purple team, 925 game against the yellow team. I was going to break this down a little bit later on in the show before we left. Uh, I've got a scouting report of the yellow team from uh, one of my very informed players. Largest largest dogs probably of the season. Oh, how us. many points are we catching? We are eight and a half point dogs against the yellow team. Okay. I, th- I know a guy who can coach his way out of an eight and a half point deficit. So we are 500 against the spread and 500 overall. Uh, the purple team so far. We, we lack a little bit of commitment and focus at times. Okay. I think. Are you going to accuse anybody of running zone this week? Come, would you stop you it? Leave that in the I'm already in enough trouble with Deb as it is. Deb's right? probably. She coached circles though. around me. She, I, like, like it, they, everybody knows everybody. But yeah, she outcoached me. She does, And her team was better. Harris Ownership Group gets to work officially as soon as this game ends. Do you think we're going to find out that Rivera's out Sunday night or Monday morning? Monday. You think they wait overnight? Yes. I do also. A lot of people keep thinking it's going to be a late Sunday night thing. Like the final whistle blows and it's, you could talk to the team one more time, but pack your stuff. No, it's not. But it wouldn't be that way. It would be like Sunday night, the Schefter tweet comes out at 1126 or whatever, or or maybe like midnight. And he says, Ron Rivera has been informed by Josh Harris that he and his staff have been, you know, they've also fired Martin Mayhew or whatever. It's what we've anticipated. It's going to be the end of the Rivera era in Washington. To me, that is when we'll know. The official point is not when the conversation happens, because we're not going to find out right away. Mm-hmm. It's whenever the 
whoever has it actually, not the I'm hearing this could happen. Someone comes out and says Rivera has been fired or the staff is no longer in place. Rivera just met with players and informed them. I think that's all going to happen probably on Monday morning. And what happens is if you're Harris, what's the rush at this point? You just waited months. You just tell them like they did with Jay. You know, come on in. He normally gets there probably by 6 a.m. on a Monday to watch film or do whatever it is he has to do anyway. Just say, let's have a meeting tomorrow morning. Everyone knows the score and knows what's happening. You walk into the meeting at 6, 6.15. If you, if you want to, this is the difference because they're going to act with some class. Jay said, can I address the team one more time? And they told him no. If I'm Josh Harris, I would go, absolutely. You're totally. Ron Rivera, man. Yeah, You're a sure. good guy. They mm-hmm. like you over there. Go talk to your team. Say thanks. You go do that. You address them. There's a final team meeting set up for, let's say, 9 in the morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you head on out of the facility. And uh, next stop, Real GMville. How far along do you think the search is oh, right think, now, this minute? I think it's pretty far along. Like, let's, think, let's use, remember we used to use the 100-yard the analogy for the ownership change? Yeah, how many times were they on the one-yard line? Yeah, well, like, we're, they're, on, they're about to plunge it in. It's first <laughs> and goal. Coach push. They had a couple of holding penalties. Yeah, they got set back there. <laughs> they ran 11 plays on the goal line. They went out of the red zone one time. <laughs> they were third and goal from the 26. <laughs> Luckily, they punched that thing they got across. It in. There was an illegal contact away from the ball on the other side of the end zone on third and a mile, and that set them up at first and goal again somehow. Um, I think we're using a football field. The one yard, like your own minus territory, one yard line on your own goal line is where the search starts. And it finishes with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say they are in the red zone. Really? Yeah, I think it's first and 10 from the opponent's 17-yard line. What does Cal call the next area, the blue zone or the strike zone or something like well, that? 30 and in for him is the strike zone. Yeah, I, I think I think strike zone. Okay. I think it's one of those like mid-90s before any kind of technology, Eric Gregg super wide strike zones. Yes. But it's a strike zone. I actually like this question that we should pose on the phone. So let's do this. 800-636-1067. How far along do you think they are in the GM search? There was a nugget I saw in John Kimes' piece on ESPN today. This wasn't stunning or anything to me, but I hadn't seen this formally reported, that they have spoken to Ian Cunningham somewhat formally because he was at the seminar that Josh Harris went to several weeks back with a bunch of up-and-coming executives. I think a lot of minorities who haven't gotten the opportunities they probably should uh, based on the last few cycles that the league put together. And anybody, I think, young and up-and-coming in the executive field who's like highlighted by their organization could be sent to this seminar. And Ian Cunningham was one of the highest-ranking candidates, in my opinion. He's a longtime executive with the Ravens. He's now with the Chicago Bears for the last couple of seasons. Uh, he apparently has talked to Harris. I bring that up just to say... I think they've had a lot more conversations than people know. The, the other part is you're legally not allowed to do a lot of things. Th- that's not the same as how the industry works. Of course. You're talking to agents incessantly. Mm-hmm. Agents make deals happen. I have talked to an agent of a coach before who said that they've known almost every time they've placed a coach with a team before the interview if their guy was going to get the job or not. Like, lock it in. Now, that does not speak well to the Rooney rule and some of the things that go on. Totally. Obviously, they could have you know, a minority uh, that they represent who gets the job, and, and that speaks well to the rule. But I guess my point is 
they almost viewed a lot of the interviews and stuff as formalities. Now, maybe that's a little overstated, but I, I just say that to say I think they have an idea, maybe not of exactly who it's going to be, but I bet they started with a huge net that they casted, and there's a couple of names left that they're going to finalize. But it almost has to be that way. Like if you sit, think about the football calendar, yeah. What if you start your GM search with eight guys that you want to have three interviews with that are eight hours long a piece on the Monday after the season, or on the Tuesday after the season? You sit down with the first of those candidates, and a bunch of them are in the playoffs anyway, and you got to work around those calendars. Mm-hmm. You might not hire a GM if you do it that way it's for a too few late. weeks, yeah. And now they're going to hire your coach, and Ben Johnson's already gotten a job with the Chargers, and Jim Harbaugh's with the Bears, and Jiro uh, Evro is. Uh, coaching the Patriots, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't do it that way. You you have to be far along. So I'm going to say they're like 80%, 85% done. Well, to your point about the culture about in the NFL, for so many years until this new legal tampering period, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, where they, they allow it to happen in, in theory, but at 12.01, or, you know, if the, if the free agency started at noon or started at 4, at 4.02, an agreement's already been made. Nobody hammered out contract language between 4 and 4.02. You know what I mean? Like, it was already done, and everyone knew it was already done, and everybody had to pretend, and it was, it was this, that, and the other. Now, I mean, I, my eyes are open. My um, A good friend used to work for this executive search firm, and they were never really allowed to, had to sign all these confidentiality agreements for some of their big clients, but years ago, they worked on finding, like, the Big East commissioner or, like, something to that effect, like, something so massive. It's like, where do you turn for that? All these guys are executives elsewhere, and... You know, what are you looking for? So they cast a super huge net. All these interviews and conversations, all the introductory stuff that takes forever, right? If you just like call Indeed or or you're finding that needle in a haystack, like those commercials say, the, the wide net stuff has already been cast. Yeah. And the search firm, whoever they hired, we don't know. It's all anonymous. But has now come back with here's your top eight, top nine, top ten, top five, whatever you want to narrow down to. Then some of those final conversations are about to happen. Let's go to Steve, who's in Frederick on Grant and Danny. Steve, happy football Friday. How are you? Thank you very much. Um, I think you nailed both next Monday morning. Six o'clock is when we're going to sit down. And I think you both nailed the search. I think they're that far along. Like Danny said, the names are there. just a matter of vetting them. So I think you're right on. But the reason I called, being nostalgic today, I want to go back to what are you having for lunch? (laughs) What are you eating? Yeah, what are you eating? I was... I was one of your first callers on that and uh, did pretty good. But today I was doing work at Sam's Club. And I don't know if you ever, if you remember, if you ever eat at their snack bar, but I got a foot long half smoke and a salted pretzel for $2.50. Well, hang on. Hang on. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it for real. Let's do it for real. I mean, let's yeah. just Here we go. Sure. Let's yeah. jump okay. into the, the Here we pool go. of nostalgia. This will be a little, a what are you eating? So we, we grade this for those of you that are new to the yes. segment on a 2080 gotta, scouting scale. 50 is average. 65 my first time. You got a 65? Yes, I did. That's a damn good grade. That's a good grade. So 50 is league average, right? 55 is a tick above. 60 is what we call plus. 65 is outstanding. 70 is elite. That's an all-star every year. 75 is about as close to Hall of Fame as you get. And then 80 is off the charts. You've got elite, special, top of the game, whatever the tool we're grading is. Power, speed, what have you. So you don't want to be below a 50 now. All right, but let's hear it. Okay, so um, foot long half smoke and one of those big salted pretzels mm-hmm. for two dollars and fifty cents. I got the um, wild cherry soda with light ice for free 
because I was working on the ice maker. So I got that for free. So that's Fountain Wild Cherry Soda, and how much ice was in the cup? Oh, it's a light ice. I always go light ice. But is that about a quarter? Give of us the a cup? percentage. Like twenty-five percent. Yeah, I guess it's never more than half, right? Can't well, be more than half. Well, I mean, more than half is ridiculous, yeah. obviously. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Right. Okay. So, so we got yeah. a quarter cup. And, there. Uh, it was awesome, man. Best, the most best value I think I've ever had. And it was good. Any oh, uh, any good. toppings on the half smoke, sir? I did put some mustard on it. Mustard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, French is yellow mustard, or is it like one of those like fancy mustards with a spread? Well, they only had the packs of the Frenches. So. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Did you put any of the mustard on the salted pretzel or possibly dip the salted pretzel? I did not. I thought about getting a second pack. I Mm. just, it always ends up a mess when I do that, so I passed. Okay. I am going to deduct for that, just so you know. That's a a small knock, unfortunately. Uh, Now, one more question for me. Wild cherry soda, as opposed to the uh, Coca-Cola Classic, the Great American uh, Delicious Beverage, or even a Coke Zero, why did we go wild cherry soda? Because they must have like 20, there's three different setups with all Pepsi products, like Mm. 30 different choices. Mm -hmm. Is this Mm -hmm. one of those machines that has like the 300 options? Yeah, it's all buttons. And it's like, I just, I want the individual fountain. I don't want to push buttons. I I get confused. Danny, they were just three different dispensers side by side with like 10 choices on each one. Five Guys does everything perfectly, except they have those like. Yeah. The, it's the new fancy machine, yeah. and I'm sure it's better yeah, these, for somebody, but not for me. Old, these are the older ones where you push your cup on the lever, you know, and there's side by side of the choices. This is the old style. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Like the new soda machines, cherry coke doesn't taste like cherry coke anymore. Correct. It tastes like there's so 200 drinks that. all adding together mm-hmm. in the yeah, same. Like, I'm like, there's a yeah, hint like, of a Mountain Dew aftertaste right. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, like, I got like my Rogers grade. Has those. I don't like that. I'm gonna give him a 60 grade. Mm. This is an above-average meal. I would even say borderline on plus 60. I was debating 55 or 60. But uh, my only de- real true deductions are uh, the wild cherry soda knocked him down pretty good for me. Not a wild cherry soda guy. And then lack of mustard on the pretzel. It was right there for you. All you got to do is dip yeah, it, sir. I, I so, will say I am a cherry soda guy, too. I just have to settle <laughs> if it's going to be something, and I'll take that. So that's a 60 grade. Uh, it's 55 for me, oh, and, and it's not – I don't want you to feel slighted on that. Uh, to me, what what toppings are available for a hot dog? We just chose mustard. What what else? What else could we have done there? Uh, and then the – I'm with you on the wild cherry soda. Thank Solid you. meal, though. Good job. Not only for the call, but for the trip down memory lane. Indeed. For a little what are you eating. Uh, let's go to Tony, who's in Clinton, Maryland, on Grant and Danny. What's up, Tony? Hey, Tony. I would like to thank you guys for telling the truth as far as us being in the – the red zone or whatever, but I really don't think it's that far along, man. I don't think we, I think our heart wants us to be that far and the progress is going to happen as quickly as we want it to. But my gut is the guys that they will probably want um, aren't even available to be talked to. So how can we really say that we've made real progress if we don't even know the people that we can't talk to or even interested in coming here? No, I, I and I understand the point. Let me try to clarify it. So yeah, I'm confused by what. You're so saying. in other words, the let's say for the sake of argument, just you could pick somebody. It's just the GM for Baltimore right now, right? You can't drive up the road, go to the Ravens facility, do swim moves past everybody, glad hand everyone, and, and go interview the guy in his office, right? That's illegal. You can't do that. The point that Grant made, and and he was, you know, as a, someone that covered the league for a long time, and and that we're kind of saying is. It's like everything but that, 
right? Like the final interview type stuff is going to happen, but all the background, all the discussion with agents, all the discussion with uh, people that have worked with this guy before and everybody, you know, ev- everything except for that last final six, seven hour interview, or whatever that's coming. Yes. They're vetting everybody to figure out philosophy, strength, weakness, fit, culture, design, all that other kind of stuff. Um, you know, what this person's vision is. And agents can communicate that. They're out there repping that person. And so that's that's where it's happening now. Everything but the final conversation. So I'm going to use Joe Hortiz in Baltimore as an example. I'm not alleging that this has happened, okay? But just to, to kind of go down this rabbit hole with him. Hortiz, who's been responsible for all aspects of the college process, coordinating the schedules, cross-checking, uh, duties that include area and regional scouting, you know, running the Ravens draft for years and years and years. Let's say this is the GM they want to bring in as their their lead talent evaluator, so that he puts his staff together. Joe Ortiz has an agent, okay? The agent for Joe Ortiz wants him to become a general manager. That's Joe's goal. I'm I'm just using him as the example. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants. There's also a lot of money in it. There's a a fame that comes along with it. It's where you're headed. It's why you're a scout and then a scouting director. You're working your way up. And for the agent, there's a massive amount of appeal and money and value, and everybody wins. His job is to drum up interest. So for the last several months, Mm -hmm. now, by the way, Hortiz is a guy in this example who's interviewed for jobs in the past, who's been on radars, who's been close with no cigar for the last several cycles. So everybody knows he's on the verge of being a GM that you'd want to interview him. But his agent, let's say I'm his agent. I'm on the phone the moment that uh, the Raiders fired their general manager, probably before that, to be honest with you. But the next morning, I'm on the phone with their team president or whoever's going to run that process. And I'm going, hey, Grant Paulson here. And they know me. They go, hey, Grant, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And I go, hey, I'm calling because, hey, I, I really think Joe would be a fit for what you guys got going over there. Those conversations have been going on for a month. You could talk money. You could talk titles. I mean, you, you could talk about whatever you want. No one's got to find out. It's all happening kind of in this way that is, in air quotes, not happening publicly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all behind the scenes. But... All the people who are GM candidates, their agents are talking with all the teams that are going to have openings right now. And if they're not, they should fire their agents immediately. Right. Joe Ortiz should have six teams he's already got interviews lined up with verbally for next week or, or the next couple of weeks. And if you're Washington, what you should have done by now, a minimum based on talking to the agent, getting a feel for the, the candidate, you know, knowing what kind of money they'd be looking for, the, the title they're looking for, what kind of staff they'd be able to surround themselves with, who they might be able to bring with them, who they think, you know, what their vision is for how the, the department would work, who they would want to hire as their head coach. Like These are all things you could be figuring out over the last several weeks. You should be able to whittle this thing down to a couple of options for what are the, uh, quote-unquote, initial interviews that are actually, to me, the final stage of this thing. And if I had to guess, that is where we're going to be coming up here this coming week. Let's go to Charles in Capitol Heights on G&D. What's up, Charles? What's up, fellas? Happy New Year. Hey, buddy. So um, I think they're like on the three-and-a-half-yard line, ready to punch it in. Let's throw a fade. Here probably, we go. <laughs> and probably two weeks after Monday, they'll name Two the weeks? GM. Yeah. Two weeks is a long time. I mean, that, that I've got to be honest. That's probably like the 30-yard line. 30-yard line. Now, I just just to make it look good, hmm. just to give it some time in between, like they're just doing it. But they got everything locked up and everything. Do me a favor, Danny. Appreciate the call. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Look up when the Cardinals hired Monty Ossonfort last year. Just top of my head, he's one of the only GMs I can really remember being hired last season. I'm sure there were others. Um, but I'd be curious on the date last year. January 16th, 2023. Okay, so that is about a week after the season. It's not because they started trying to figure out, hmm, who might we want as our general Who's manager? Who's going to shepherd this thing? Oh, let's start season. our search. No, they, they kind of were yeah. ahead of the game a little They're bit. They're moving there. My timeline is, I think we're going to find out who the GM is. I was going to say seven to ten days. I kind of think it might be the earlier part of that. But I will say by the middle of the week after the season. So the se- our, our first show's Monday. That's when we're going to find out Ron's out. The Marty party has no longer partying. And they're moving on from a bunch of the people. They're going to keep scouts and probably some college folks because they're all working toward the draft anyway. It's not going to be a full-blown exodus. But I think that maybe eight or nine days from Monday, next Tuesday or Wednesday after that, is when there's a press conference for a GM. So that's what I was going to say. Over under, Tuesday, January 16th, do we know the new general manager? So that is all next week happens, right? That's your, we are letting everyone go. Thanks so much. I'll say over just because it's an ultra aggressive timeline. But again, I think that they, they're going to interview. They probably still, they're close to knowing, but I would like them at least publicly to interview Cunningham, Adam Peters, you know, whoever. For all we know, though, one of these guys is already verbally in a pretty good spot to say they're coming. You know, they might be that far along. I'll say over, but I think it's it's that week. It's in that week. If we get to the end of the second week postseason, Friday, you know, in, in basically 14 days from now, and they don't have a GM, I'll be surprised. And frankly, a little bit disappointed because I want the GM interviewing Ben Johnson uh, well before that. Is there some kind of alert that goes with that? What kind of alert? Like, I'm just saying, like, would you, would you want to be notified that it happens or that, like, the discussion is happening about Ben, jo- oh, there it is. ben Johnson alert? There you go. Yeah. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. How far along do you think the GM search is right now? We're Grant and Danny on the fan. Grant and Danny, I can't believe it has been 10 years from that first meeting in Hill Country till now. It's crazy, but it's also not. You're two of the most talented people I know. Anyway, please just do me a favor and remember that you guys are not on SiriusXM and can't say things like Dan Snyder sucked and I'm glad that is gone. Miss you, boys. Hey, Grant and Danny. Thom DeLay here wishing you all a a happy 10-year anniversary from beautiful, wonderful home of Jake Browning, Cincinnati, Ohio. Here's to 10 more years with Grant and Danny, the year of Grant and Danny. And 10 more years of Danny welching on bets after he said that he's already served the punishment. <laughs> wow. Tommy. Top rope Tommy. <coughs> and darn, that was so good. Oh, man. I wish I could laugh. That was great, boys. Thank you. Our uh, previous producer tandem for many, many years. That's right. So we had AJ Ataye was probably only a year. Almost two. Because he, it, yeah, he I think he produced when we moved here to this building for a little while before departing. Okay. Yeah. And then Dor was working with him, mm-hmm. slid over, became our main producer, mm-hmm. and then Thami joined our show at that time. 
And uh, those guys were with us for probably 70% of, uh, in Dora's case, longer, but 70-plus mm-hmm. percent of the show. Tom's doing great, by the way. He is in Cincinnati, Ohio, as you right. just heard. And he is, he's like running a sports book at this point at a casino, I think. He's I think like, so. He, he's a swinging D. Yeah, he, he's, it, rock star, man. That's so it. cool. And uh, Dar's obviously over at SiriusXM, I believe, which is <laughs> very, just, very funny. Yeah, because he can tell people of... what is and isn't SiriusXM because he knows it because he's there. But like we, we don't, we sleep on that fact. I know one of the funniest zings in his history. Hello, Kimbo. This is Brendan. The background on that. Can you see if that audio is anywhere to be found? It's the, all time. The, the background story on that is we had Kimbo Slice, the late Kimbo Slice, tragically. Yeah. Uh, on the show. And for those of you who don't know, Kimbo Slice, obviously legendary fighter. He rose to fame as a street fighter. Ended up having a career, among other things, in mixed martial arts, boxing. But like a legendary, you see him, you know him, icon, right? Everyone knows Kimbo Slice. Well, he's coming on our show. I don't know why or how. It doesn't really make sense. There was some, well, there's some fight coming up that he was obviously a part of, and it was a promotional thing. But it feels like if someone reached out to us and said, do you want to interview him about this fight, we would have said no. But we said yes at this point. I'm not really sure why. I think it was because we just thought it would be funny to, to mm. talk to Kimbo Slice. But anyway... When preparing to get him on the air, Dar let him know that he can't curse. And the way that he did that was to say that this isn't serious XM. As if that meant something to Kimbo Slice. Kimbo's like, oh, okay, let me acknowledge. Thank you very much. The best part about it all was Kimbo Slice cursed so many times in the first two minutes of our interview. Mm -hmm. Quite literally, we ran out of dump. When you hit the dump button... It erases the last seven seconds of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think we have the ability to hit it six times, something like that. We have like 40 seconds that we could dump. That means we had to hit the dump button six times within two minutes. And then you're legally like, we don't have dump anymore. So if this you guy have to curses go to break. again, yeah. we're screwed. <laughs> so we just we just had to hang up. We're like, all right, thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Hey, Kimbo, this is Brendan. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold, and you'll be on with uh, Grant Paulson and Danny Rie. I do just want to remind all our guests that uh, we are broadcast radio, so we can't have cursing. Uh, unfortunately, we're not XM. Because <laughs> <laughs> awesome. beforehand, we're like, I, I, I feel like he might have the, uh, uh, the propensity to use adult language. Well, so I had, I had watched an interview that he had done. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I wonder what kind of, I was just prepping for the interview, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder what kind of like throwing the ball around he does. And he just cursed every sentence. Every fourth word. So I, I said to Dar, I said, you, you got to warn him. You got to do something. So and Dar says, as I tell all of our guests, <laughs> by the way, you've never, t- there's no chance he's told a single guest you can't curse. I, that's my favorite line. Right. When I hear that back. As I tell every one of our guests. Like, you didn't tell Tara McLaurin that. You know, you didn't, hey, you didn't, you didn't tell. Uh, hey, Kimbo, this that. is Brendan. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold and you'll be on with uh, Grant Paulson and Danny Rie. I do just want to remind all our guests that uh, we are broadcast radio, so we can't have Cursing. Uh, unfortunately, we're not XM. Unfortunately, by the way, it's underrated. What does that mean? It's so unfortunate we're not. God, that is so good. That's actually, if we were doing, we didn't, but if I was putting together like my top five, I think Kimbo Slice being told by Brendan that he can't curse, only to then come on the show curse and so do much. nothing but curse, probably makes the list. Uh, and then uh, just hearing Thommy's pipes back on the air is very good. <laughs> Zing, zinging you for well. Zinging. He's still salty. I love it. He should be. Danny just told us, uh, yeah, I already did my uh, punishment. My wife can vouch for me. We didn't get to enjoy the fact that's right. that Took you it. were carb-free for a Stole week. Stole it from you. Nope, it was gluten-free. That was the punishment. I was gluten-free gluten? for a week. Mm-hmm. No one will ever know. I know. And we carried you, you to San Francisco. You were. How could we know? Yeah, I, I, the whole thing was a fix. 
and I robbed you guys of the joy. I'll do. I would do it again tomorrow. I don't doubt that. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Uh, here's another GM question for uh-huh. you on Grant and Danny live from our Half Street Studios today as we celebrate our 10 year anniversary. For wonder if you're wondering why we're uh, putting on our making it about ourselves. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. Put, putting on our Grant and Danny hats today and just talking about the show's history. Uh, January 6, 2014 was our first ever show together here on The Fan. As far as hiring the next general manager, we talked last segment about and took calls on how far along in the process are they. What's your number one preference in who they hire? Do you think it needs to be hmm. a like a scout type, a football exec? Would you be okay with a young hotshot analytics guy overlooking everything because they already hired Eugene Shen. Mm-hmm. So to me, it would make more sense if now they go get a scouting mind that runs it that Eugene Shen answers to, but they could also hire some 39-year-old hotshot analytics guy and then Eugene Shen reports to him. But that would seem a little weirder to me. My guess is they're actually going to go with someone with more of a scouting background, like a true talent evaluator. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my dream scenario. I the, the name I keep coming up with, and it's he's not available, obviously, but I, I just want my Ozzie Newsome. I want my guy that no matter who who goes in and out the door in the organization, they know what's expected, they know what the standard is, they know what the culture is, and everybody gets it, and they just get it right all the damn time. They take players that nobody else seems to want. They take leftovers, castaways. They take guys that have, that are quote flawed in the draft that slip to them, and they find the, the 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 star after star after star that nobody ever seemed to want or or desire. I want that. I want I want to be competitive no matter what, and that's where it starts to me. And I want I want numbers involved. I want all the calculators and all the pocket protectors you could possibly have. All the information at the table is great. Yeah, they can build that staff up massively. Yeah. They've already started to. You could be ten to twelve deep in a room where they had one or two guys looking at each other. You know, a year or two ago, it could still be massively influential. You need a GM that will take that into account and care about it. Mm-hmm. If you go the route of a football person, that's why I like the idea. Of one of these guys with a Baltimore background, like Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, any of the, the many that we've talked about here over the last few minutes, right? We were using the, the Joe Hortiz uh, example with, with the hypothetical agent conversations. Like a guy like that has been in a building where he has seen a harmonious relationship between the numbers folks sitting around the table, the analytics department, by the way, Shen being one of them, mm-hmm. and you know football people being able to interact. There was a time where in Philadelphia a few years ago, there was a major butting of heads. Between guys like Alec Hallaby, who's come up as a candidate, mm-hmm. and the way that I've heard it, like there was a huge, like that side of the building, and Doug Peterson and his football people constantly rammed heads and weren't very fond of one another. And that happens in buildings sometimes. It's going to, so yeah. You really for sure. need a healthy, kind of harmonious situation. Let's go you to CJ and Falls Church around. on Grant and Danny. What's up, CJ? How are you? I know how you. Hey, hey, how you doing, man? Hey, man. I'm doing good. How's it going? Happy, happy anniversary to you guys. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Hey, listen. Um, I think I think they might have somebody in line. Um, like you were saying, there's no. Um, there hasn't been any chatter. It's been like MCon, where there hasn't been anything coming out from anywhere. So there's a good possibility that they may have all their eggs in the egg carton, and he's just ready to open it up and start cooking once once the season is over. Interesting. It, it wouldn't stun me. Again, there's there's still some formality, still some part of the process that they 
are required to go through, and they probably should, to be honest with you. But the idea that they wouldn't be far along for a, a group, especially that's, you know, thinking about Josh Harris, that owns other teams and has gone through this kind of thing before is unfathomable to me, that they wouldn't have already gotten a head start. Well, yeah, it's just, it's not even, it's not based in reality. It's right. not how it works. On a scale of, and we, we did this with the football field, they're going to start everything as soon as they fire Rivera and company, or they've already hired a guy. They're way closer than having to having hired a guy. I don't think they have you know, figured it out completely. But they're probably a lot closer to that than people are willing to admit. Let's go to Chris in Hyattsville on G&D. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? Um, I'll comment quickly on, on the topic at hand. I, I don't think they settled on it because I think the best talent is probably still uh, trying to put together a Super Bowl winning team right now. Um, I'm sure they've had back channels, and we all know that things happen off the books. But uh, I don't think they've made the decision yet on who the final who they're going to make the final offer. Um, however, as you know, uh, the number one P1 fan of the G&D show, I did want to congratulate you guys on a, a decade of excellence and share a few of my favorite bits, if you don't mind. Go for Go it. Go for it, man. All right, Danny, I'm sorry. Some of these come at your expense, but they're all... Uh, th- listen, it's inevitable. Funniest. It's inevitable. Okay. All right. Um, so one re- recurring bit that I just get, can't get enough of is, is both of you guys lust, lusting after handsome D.C. sports athletes like Ryan Carrick and Tom Wilson and Corey Kispert. Uh, that's always a, a great thing. Uh, we haven't had too many of these recently, uh, but Hall and Oates Mondays. Uh, I remember those. Hall and Oates Monday. My... Yeah, it used to be Darius would, would just know when to play him. And then as the year went on, he's like, can we play it? And I was like, man, they only lost by 11. Yeah, the bar's getting lowered. I remember guess. tenders and tutties? Uh, remember that was going to be a thing all year? We didn't get to do it after. <laughs> we didn't we get to tried. do it once. Sam Howell had to throw for 275 um, and a win. That did not go very well. Yikes. Uh, Matt Williams asking Danny if Oof. he was done, if he was finished. We're balling you guys. Uh, that... We're balling you. Uh, well, which also brings another mind. Just Grant just challenging uh, Dusty Baker on his lineup. Sne- a sneaky um, all-timer, by that, the way. That was a good one, yeah. Uh, there's a backstory there. We won't then, get honestly, into it. Honestly, one of my all-time favorite bits, th- th- there's one more. So, obviously, always guessing how much weight Danny gained. But recently, this one has sort of catapulted to the number one seed. Is Danny thinking he was the hot dad only to find out he was not <laughs> that That's hot a dad. very good one. That bit gave me so much. Uh, Schottenfreud, yeah. you know, it, it was great. You was almost awesome. were the hot dad. I, there, there was, see, in my, it, like, I really wasn't, and we all know that now, like that we had documentation and proof, but there was a, there was a time where I thought I was. So in a way I was, but I wasn't really. Does that make sense? Like the information pointed to it, and I'm walking around going, "I, I think, I think I'm the hot dad." Yeah, if you, in that moment, like, I think I am. I've been doing CrossFit with these guys, and like, I, I think it's working, and I think they noticed it, and they like how I am with my son, and like, I'm the hot dad. I'm not. It was a six foot three British guy with with sandy blonde hair who sounds like Hugh Grant, who runs marathons. That's the hot dad. Who is clearly the hot? Dad. Who I mean, who's rich and handsome? I heard him talk, and I was like, okay. I'll, I'll I'll marry you. That is a very good list. I appreciate you and so many of you guys, by the way, yeah, who seriously. are a big part of this thing. I've called in dozens and dozens, in some cases probably now over 10 years, hundreds of times. We talk to a lot of you guys every single day. So it means a lot that you listen to the show and, and make it uh, part of your regular schedules. 
GD on the fan, the Beltway Blitz in 20 minutes. At that time, 20 minutes from right now, we are giving away Wizards tickets here on the fan. Yeah, we never get to play this anymore because they don't win. We'll just shoehorn it. So we might as well just play it now. Hello, Grant. Hello, Danny. It's John Walton with the Capitals, and I'm congratulating both of you on 10 incredible years as a show together. That is a heck of an accomplishment in this business, boys. So proud of you guys. Glad to come on with you anytime to talk hockey, and glad to hear you guys talking about D.C. sports. From all of us with the Washington Capitals, congrats on a decade on 106.7 A Fan. Hey, Justin, voice of the Wizards. Hey, Grant and Danny, congratulations. Ten years of the show. That means ten years of me waiting, waiting by the phone for your calls so I can just get a couple minutes on the Beltway Blitz. Oh, you've, you've changed my life. You, you guys are wonderful. Here's to another ten years so I can still wait by the phone. Well played. You've changed my life is a good line. That is a good line. Yeah. Uh, a couple of our guys there, John Walton, here I am here on the fan calling Caps games. And, of course, Dave Johnson. It's there. It's there. You can hear him over on the Team 980, but also occasionally here on the fans. That's right. Calling whiz games. A, they're both really good. B, still one of my favorite memories early on in our show, we went into the booth 10,000 miles above sea level. That's right. Uh, at, uh, for uh, With John Walton on the radio call. And he's like, God, yeah, it'll be super easy. We'll just take care of you. It'll be simple. Well, eight minutes go by with no pause in the action. And John's just Terminator, just T-1000, the thing, barely taking a breath. And and every shift, every line change, every it's this waffle to side in the corner, back to the point. Now it's this guy over to that guy, this Russian guy, back to Ukrainian guy. This guy's from Czechoslovakia, doesn't exist anymore. Puck drops, Canadian, and like, oh my god, this is so much. And then he's like, so guys, when does the show start? We're like, uh, tomorrow. Right. We do the show tomorrow. He's like, okay. <laughs> I think was that because of the show. Yeah, starting? we were promoting the show in 2014. Okay, I that is a deep cut. Yeah, I remember doing it. I didn't remember it being that long ago. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely really, really cool to have all the broadcasters in town on this show so regularly willing to give up their time to join us. So know, nice. Come on. Because it is a bit of a pain, right? Ryan gets the short straw occasionally. Darius gets the short straw. They got to text these guys and be like, hey, hey, it's me again. Hi. Last time you heard from me, I wanted something also. And I have nothing to give you, keep in mind. Right. <laughs> There's no reciprocity here. <laughs> There's nothing where I can benefit you. Certainly no money or anything that in any way will make your day better. What do you think about doing me another favor? <laughs> it's your time and energy and effort. Just scroll through that text exchange. It's just a bunch of you asking them to do something yeah. over and over again. But uh, those two guys have always been great. Yes. So many of the uh, media people in town have been very, very good to us in this show. And really, you know, the point is to try to get you guys closer to the teams. That's the point. And uh, ideally to uh, entertain a little bit each day. Well, speaking of the broadcasters, before we get to winning off the field really quickly, one of my favorite things this year on the show, and I would say it might have cracked the top 10 all time. In fact, I am planning, just so you guys know, and I haven't brought this up to you yet, I am planning in 2024 if he's willing to make this a regular staple on the show. That's my New Year's revolution. Charlie Slows, when I stole this bit because the Eagles had uh, Merrill Reese read a bunch of oh, young people right. terms. Over at Nats Park in September of this year, I gave Charlie Slows a bunch of things to read based on so what, good. what like 20-year-olds say now, and it was it worked out better than I could have imagined. C.J. Abrams is him? Yes, Charlie. 
He is Guzzy? Glizzy. Guzzy. What, Glizzy? That's a hot dog, Charlie. Danny said, Joy Manessis isn't a good story. He's capping. That's cap. No, I didn't say that, but it was just an example of. No, you said it. I did not say that. You're not a big fan of the Manessis story. Lane Thomas is the real no cap. Now, that one he botched a little bit. Lane Thomas is the real deal. No cap, I think, is what we were looking Mm. for. This this place is lit. (laughs) That one's my favorite. That's the best one. 100% the best one. I could listen to that forever. All right, little winning off the field here to get us in the mood. All right, let's get after it. Our buddy Richmond John is awaiting. What's By up, God? Dude? How are you? Boys, I love you so much. Um, congratulations on 10 years. Thank Actually, you, Actually, I'm winning off the field because I'm out, out here at the fire pit. I know Grant is butt jealous that I've already started Oof. a fire. And mm. it's, uh, it's nice and toasty. Listening to my favorite uh, DC sports radio show. Um, no bits. Great. Like, you guys are the reason that I have – uh, you know, the chances to do the junks drinking show and all the bits and Tommy and Dar for all the support. And I mean, Clary and Darius, man, what a, what an awesome job they did um, with you guys in terms of getting all those people on and you it's well-deserved. It's the perfect balance of shtick and good sports analysis. And I wish you both the best and uh, continued, continued uh, success moving forward. Thank very you. Kind, buddy. Buddy. Very kind, buddy. Very kind. Very nice of you to say. And I have to, one more question about the fire pit because you know that's kind of sure. my element. Mm-hmm. He's have you seen his setup? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a good it's setup. It's kind of like when I grow up, what I want. He's got a yard, he's got a fire pit. Like it's he's like a, a but the whole outside. deck. It's not yeah. it's not quite a Gylo's deck where his whole house is well, seven decks. Well, Gylo didn't want a house; he just wanted decks. He wanted four decks with yeah. stairwells going each and every direction. It he was sent like a us maze. A picture one time, we're like, why didn't you get a house with all your lives decks? On his deck. Yeah, <laughs> he literally has eight decks. Like you, you ever see the Harry Potter when you go up to like the the like the the, the different quarters? You know, like Hufflepuff has like all the stairs. Sure. That's what Gylo's decks are like. It's just nothing but stairs and decks. How do you start your like fires? Your deck. Yeah. Do you do you do kindling like into wood, or do you have like? Are you one of the guys that like sprays something on it? What do you do? So it's fat wood uh, essentially. So you just use you know um, like if you get a package and you've got like some uh, packaging paper in there. You just twist it up and um, start it with a match over the, the fat wood and get it going, you know, stack it. Mm. Pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. I and, have uh, a solo I'm, stove. I just, uh-huh. I just uh, appreciate you, bro. As always. Thank, Thank you, you John. so much really for the call. I have a solo stove. Mm-hmm. The starting of the fire still, it's so easy when it gets going. This thing makes it simple. Yep. I'm so bad at it. I'm, I'm just, I have never gotten better. Well, I have no patience for like, cause it would, you know, when we do, uh, like, we go to the beach or something like that, and it's like we're going to work the grill, you know, like, the not like the, the gas grill, but like an old-fashioned, like, charcoal or whatever. It's like, I'm like, it's not lighting. It's like, dude, it takes a second. I just, I want, I want to touch something and have it be instantaneously a roaring flame. So I'm going to look at this, because I've seen his, his fires are giant fires. Oh, yeah. That's what I want. Uh, it looks like it's a fire starter. Fat wood fire starter. I'm going to buy a... Fat Rob fire starter. I'm going to get this shipped to the house. Let's go to Rich and Only. What's up, Rich? Richard. What's going on, boys? Happy 10-year anniversary. Much deserved. Thank 10 you, more pal. years to you, I hope. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you. So I had some uh, plans forced on me for this weekend that have been canceled by the snow that is not going to hit us. Therefore, I am winning off the field. Yeah, what happened with that? I heard a week ago that there was going to be like a foot of snow, and now they're like, 
It might be cold rain. That's why I don't react until the last minute. The desperation for snow. That's what it is. Everyone's so desperate. Like there's a there's a snowstorm. It's coming. It's but it's out west still, and it might come this way, but it might not. It could go north. It could also south or east or west. Maybe south northeast. It might snow, but it might not. Cool, cool. Beltway blitz coming your way at the top of the hour. I believe the only segment that has lasted ten years. We had a couple other daily staples that have come and gone. The Beltway Blitz is the one that has lasted the full test of time. Double play? Kind of, but a lot of days we don't end up getting to do it. Oh. News comes and goes. Yeah. And the Beltway Blitz is truly a, you know, was it noon every day? Now 4 o'clock every day. You know Mm -hmm. what you're getting. I know what you are. I know what you are. I know what you're not. You're not a cop. Plus, we're giving away Wizards tickets as soon as we return next. This place is lit. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 